What's going on, everybody? This is Brian Ward of the Dad Up Podcast, the podcast show for dads about dads being dads. I am super excited about the guest that I have on today. But before we get to that, if you have not yet subscribed to my show, please make sure you hit that subscribe button so you don't miss a single episode. Now, let's get on with the show. Welcome to another episode of Dad Up, everyone. Thank you guys very much for joining me today. Super excited for my guest that I have on. He's a freelance writer. I'm going to give him a chance, an opportunity to really talk about himself and share a little bit about what he's doing. But my good friend, Michael Venutolo Montavani has joined me on Dad Up. Welcome to the show, brother. Beautiful pronunciation. <laughs> Thank one, you. One, 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 slight, one slight miss, but a 98 out of 100. Hey, when you got a last name like that, what are you going to do, you know? And you told him Montavani. It's I know it's it's why I encouraged and my father encouraged. It's why everyone encouraged my wife to keep her last name, which she very much did. Uh, awesome. There's no reason. There's no reason to have this burden. <laughs> awesome. Well, welcome to the show. Thank you uh, for joining me. You know, uh, Michael and I have, uh, you know, we're pretty new to uh, this friendship that we have. We just kind of uh, met. Um, he, re he had reached out to the show. And, um, and my team uh, let me know that he was, uh, he was interested in coming on. And, and I found the things that he's doing uh, very interesting uh, in not only uh, the writing, but, you know, he's, he's a, you know, a fairly new dad and, uh, he, you know, he's a musician and all that kind of stuff. But um, what I like about him is um, I like the approach he's taking with uh, not only fatherhood, but also writing. And we're going to get into all that. But Michael, for my listeners who may not know who you are, um, can you share a little bit about your background, um, the things that you kind of did and, and where it's transitioned you today and the things that you've gone through and what you're doing today? Yeah. So um, thanks for having me. First of all, um, we, we threw this together pretty, pretty fast. I appreciate, um, I appreciate you doing this, but uh, yeah, so I, I was born and raised on the Jersey shore, um, moved to New York, went to college in Philadelphia, moved to New York city, uh, worked in the record industry for many years um, made a living for a while playing in a band, uh, with touring around the country and, you know, was, was very emotionally equipped to be away from my wife, who was at the time, my girlfriend, because that's, she had only really known me and we'd only really dated as a, as me being a guy who went away for long stretches of time for work to go on tour. Um, but when we decided we were, you know, we, we knew we were going to have kids, that was not my idea of, of fatherhood. Um, so I, I kind of hung the band up and rather than get back into the record business, I had worked on the, on the label side when we lived in New York, um, just kind of needed a break from the biz and um, just kind of started writing to make ends meet. I knew it was a skill I had. Uh, it was something I did in college a lot. It was my very first job out of college I was actually working for a newspaper, but then I transitioned into the record business and knowing that I could do this, I could make a little bit of money to make ends meet until I could figure out what my next move was. And then things started kind of snowballing really fast. And within like almost no time at all, I was contributing to the New York Times, um, some really, you know, really big Southern living, um, really big um, newspapers, magazines, websites. I should add it in there. We left New York um, for a variety of reasons, but one of the big ones is that we didn't really want to raise kids in lower Manhattan. Um, no diss to people who do you're you're much stronger and tougher than we are but uh you know we wanted someplace a little more quiet a little more laid back which is how we ended up in chapel hill north carolina um 
New York City is home. New York City is always going to be home. And my wife and I always joke that the day our our daughter, who is our second child, the day she moves to college, we're moving straight back to the city. But um, but yes, I started writing, been writing, um, had our first child, a son, uh, almost four years ago. He'll be four in two weeks. And then had our second child, a daughter, uh, six months ago yesterday, had a miscarriage in there. We've gone through the whole um, the whole thing. So and now um, and now, yeah, here we are. And and and. I have recently started a Substack newsletter. Uh, I, I don't want to say the name, um, but Brian can link to it in the in the description uh, because the name does include a uh, the expletive, if you ask me. Um, but it, it's about how 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 difficult being a dad is, um, and it's not really service journalism. It's not really how to. It's just stories. I'm a, I'm a writer. I'm an essayist. <clears throat> Excuse me. I make my living. Writing, however, you know, I do a lot of news stories, but at my core, I'm, a, I'm an essay writer. And, and, and so that's kind of what the newsletter is. It's the subhead of the newsletter is dispatches from the trenches of modern parenthood. So it's, it's not really, you know, it's just first person stories of the stuff that I go through every day and every week with my wife and my kids. And it's, it's, it's a place where fathers and mothers, I have, I, the cool thing about my newsletter is that it's almost a 50-50 split with our subscribers, male and female. Um, and it's just, you know, um, people who read it and say, you know what, that, I remember that, you know, someone like Brian, who maybe has kids who are a bit older, um, or someone who is thinking of having kids, oh, okay, that's kind of what I can expect, you know, and I want to highlight the good along with the bad, because as so many new parents know, uh, expected parents, the horror stories are, are what we always hear. You know, the mm -hmm. terrible labors, um, the kids who won't sleep through the night. And there is a lot of that in my newsletter. Um, but also I wanna talk about the, the good stuff because so often we revert to telling our horror stories. I don't know why that is, it's human nature. But I wanna, you know, and, and, and I, wanna, I wanna say, hey, there's, there's, a, there's, there's a lot of hard stuff. There's a lot of really, it's the hardest thing I've ever done being a parent. But at the same time, it's the most amazing and coolest thing I've ever done. Um, so just kind of put a positive spin on it. Also, when my wife was pregnant with our first, with our son, you know, again, as a reader and a writer, my first instinct is always to go to books. And when my wife was pregnant, I was looking for books and everything geared towards fathers was very um, self-help how to or humor there's a there's a, there's a real lack of earnest literature and i think that says a lot about men you know masculinity etc that we're not allowed to talk about heavy feelings we have to wrap everything up in a joke which is fine there's a place for that but mm -hmm. i was looking for a book that was earnest and emotional and honest and beautiful <clears throat> and that was really hard to find and so i just you know coming from a kind of a punk rock DIY indie rock background. My first instinct is also always if if you don't see something in the world, then just go make it. So that's that's kind of the birth of the newsletter. Hmm. That's awesome. <laughs> now I wanted to ask you: um, Is this you think this is something that will turn into uh, you know maybe a book? I hope so. Um, you know, I don't know if it. Uh, sorry, I'm just asking. So we are all getting over COVID, and my throat is a little jacked up, and I did not bring any water. I just texted my wife to ask her for some. Um, I would like to um, someday. I don't know if this format, as it is, translates into a book, um, which is the case with a lot of blogs and newsletters, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but yeah, I mean, I would. I would. My goal is to 
<clears throat> is to write a book about my experiences as a father. Um, I have a project I'm working on now that's kind of like, um, you know, both my wife and myself, we lost our mothers when we were relatively young. I was 30 and, uh, and, and uh, she doesn't want to be on camera because again, we've been locked down for 10 days <laughs> um, and we're, we're all looking quite worse for the world. Um, I, uh, we both lost our mothers when we were relatively young. I was 30 and my wife was in her early 20s. And we've done a lot without moms. We've, you know, we got married, we courted our entire relationship, we got married, we bought a house, we've moved, we've started careers from scratch. And then most importantly, like we haven't, we, we had kids without, without our moms, you know, and, and, you know, our dads are great and our children's grandfathers are great, but there's, there's a major void in our lives where the grandmothers should be. And so one project I am working on is kind of a guide to life. So that, so the idea is that that idea of mortality has always weighed heavily on me as a, as a father, especially once my kids started coming. And so, you know, I've kind of, I'm writing a guide to life for them. Um, hey, you know, what if I, what if I close this Zoom call and get hit by a bus? You know, here's, here's what it means for me to be a person in the world, a good person, a good citizen, a good husband, a good father. Um, but, you know, obviously that would just be a letter to my kids. This is more of a, of a kind of a universal approach to it that other parents can read and, and, and find something to resonate with. Yeah, that's awesome. That makes sense. And, you know, it's something that I'm actually uh, working on myself as uh, a book. And I, I agree with you. I didn't want it so much of a, of a how-to. I'm kind of trying to base it off stories that, have, that I've went through as a dad. Um, and, and it's one of the points of my show is, is to kind of not so much to hear how to's from dads, but to hear how they are, uh, handling various situations, uh, how they're handling the bonds with their kids, how they're handling, um, you know, sharing love with their kids and all that kind of stuff to hopefully encourage dads that may be going through something that goes, Hey, I'm, you know, I'm kind of going through that same thing. That's a great way of reconnecting with my child, you know? So that was kind of the point of my show, my boys, um, you know, you and I have just gotten a chance to meet, but my boys are, you know, they're grown men, they're 23 and 20. So I've been, uh, I don't like to call myself, uh, you know, an expert at parenting, but I will say that I'm an expert dad because I've been around for such a long time with my boys um, I've seen a lot of the things that parents, the normal parents, you know, the normal things that parents go through and um, just kind of how to navigate through that. Um, and it was a struggle for me. It still is a struggle today. There's still things that I'm dealing with today as a dad, um, even though my boys are, you know, they're grown and, and, you know, my younger son's away in college um, playing college basketball. My older son has a phenomenal job at a, at, at a corporate in, in corporate Um working in sales and absolutely loves it. Uh, he's very successful. He's saving money right now. So he's still home, but he's saving money so he can move out and buy his own house. Um, and he's only 23. So for him to be going through those things right now is, is re remarkable for him. But um, it, I, so I still have this kind of this connection and this bond and I still share things with my boys. They're my best friends. And I hear a lot of parents say, you know, you really, you really shouldn't be your child's friend. I completely disagree with that. 
I've been my child, my, both my boys' friends their whole lives. And right now as grown men, they're two of my best friends. So um, it, it's just a really cool connection that we have. And I wanted to find a way to share that with others and hear others' experiences as well. So you being a new dad, I want to kind of get into your fatherhood role, but I want to talk about something really quick because, you know, freelance writing has always been something that's been, an, you know, uh, something that I've thought about. My wife's an, a phenomenal writer. Um, she's a teacher, an English teacher. So she's, she's, she knows all about, I mean, I have her read a lot of my stuff that I write. So um, to kind of critique it, but how, I mean, was, what was the main reason for getting into freelance writing? Cause that is a tough industry to get into. Um, and it's a tough industry to really, cause there's, you know, there's so many of them. How, why was that? Why was that the choice that you made? It was a skill that I had. It was to put food on the table. No other reason. It was, it was, it was, it was truly meant as a stopgap from the end of my band to whatever was next for me, whether it was getting back into the record business, going back to the record label world or doing something else. I, I don't, I don't know what it was, but it was a skill that I've had since my mother was a great writer, um, beautiful writer. Um, uh, much like your wife, she was an English teacher and then a special education teacher, but wrote on her own time. Um, and, you know, always had these dreams. She used to write for, um, the Gramercy Park Herald when she was in college in New York City. And, and you know, her dream was to, to become a journalist. And she actually, um, she actually kind of backburnered that dream. She got, a, she had gotten accepted into Columbia's MFA program, which is, you know, obviously one of the best in the world. And my father decided to go to medical school. And she said, you know, I forget that I'm going to come to support you in medical school. He, he wanted her to go to Columbia. She was like, no, dude, you know, I, Columbia will always be there. Of course. Then they started having my sister and then myself. So, um, she never got back to it, but she always wrote, always taught me how to write. Right. I, you know, I'd never taken a writing class. I took one intro to writing freshman year of college, but everything I learned, I learned from her and then learned from doing so. So me getting into this was purely <clears throat> necessity. Um, I mean, not unlike a, a, a welder who, you know, uh, that's his skill or a carpenter or a plumber, you know, that's, that's is my skill is, is writing and telling stories. So when I was in a place where, holy crap, how do I make a living to support, you know, help my wife to support our family? Um, it was the, it was the one thing that I knew I could do other than waiting tables, which I did all throughout high school and college. And I'm uh, never doing again because, you know, public school teach, well, all teachers, teachers, and, and, and service people are, uh, we need to pay them a whole lot more money because they're the absolute backbone. <laughs> so, but, um, so yeah, getting into it was pure necessity. It was purely, I need to make money right now. I don't want to go work in a restaurant. How do I do that? And so I just started I figuring out as I go, Googling, how do I sell stories? How do I write a pitch? Um, finding local places. I started writing for, you know, those local lifestyle magazines where there are more ads for dentists than there is actual copy. Right. And then, yeah, like I said, things just started snowballing. And within a year, I think, or maybe maybe 18 months, I was contributing to the New York Times um, and, and, you know, in nationally known magazines. And since I've, I've written for tons of different, you know, national, international places. And um, so, yeah, it was just, it was, it, was, it was totally like, I have kids, I need to make money. What do I do? And that was it. Mm. I, don't, I don't have any other marketable skills no, other than selling records and playing the guitar. <laughs> <laughs> I can see that by all the guitars in the back there. That's awesome. Yeah, um, that's just a couple of them. <laughs> um, well, awesome. Now, let me ask you this. Um, I, I mean, you got two young kids. 
Um, how are, how's their health, by the way? I know you said you guys all kind of had COVID, so they're all good. Yeah. Luckily there was one night, each of them were sick for one night and it's scary because they were, you know, they're under five, so they can't be vaccinated. Um, and you know, our son, our, our, our daughter, we know had a little bit of what my wife had because she's still breastfeeding. She's six months old and our son just has a mask and good judgment and he's in school and that's all he has for protection. And it was scary. Um, but when he got sick, he brought it home. You know, it was fine. It was fine. Um, I'm so thankful that it was fine. Um, but everyone was sick for one night, one night each. But then we were stuck at home because they, they were still testing positive. <laughs> yeah. Thankful everybody's okay. Well, I'm glad everybody's okay. Um, I did want to ask you this, though, when we're kind of getting into, you know, you as essentially a new dad um, and, and you've done, done started to produce this newsletter um, through your own research, through your own writings. What have you learned about parenting that, you know, maybe you go, you know what, I'm sitting here writing stories about, you know, my parenting lifestyle, but doing my research and stuff, I'm learning so much. What, you know, give me an idea of what you're learning that you may incorporate as a, as a parent. Well, the first, I mean, the very first thing that comes to mind and, 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 you know, it's weird that I kind of make this connection to my own father because um, my father's a doctor, he's retired, but. And one thing he always told me when I, you know, I remember when I was a kid, I was embarrassed about, I forget what was happening with me, but I had to go to the doctor and I was embarrassed about it. And my father like told me, he's like, listen, the worst thing you could imagine telling your doctor, your doctor sees every single day and has seen a hundred thousand times over the course of his career. So when you go into the doctor and you're all embarrassed about talking about whatever it's, it's the doctor's like, yeah, okay. I, you know, yeah, you're having diarrhea. It's not a big deal. We deal with that, you know, whatever it was. And, and that's one thing that when you say that, that's, that's the thing I think about is that in doing this newsletter and in interacting with parents and readers and subscribers that our, you know, sure. Your child is unique and special and a special snowflake, because they are, because all people are unique and special and special snowflakes in the world. Like, and I very much believe that. But at the same time, there's nothing special about our stories. Everyone has, like, that's the thing I realized is that whatever is happening to us is happening to so many other people. And parenting, as you know, especially in the middle of the night at three in the morning when the baby won't stop crying, it's a very lonely endeavor. And, you know, sometimes, yeah, you have your wife or your husband or your partner but a lot of times you don't, a lot of times you're, you're just, you're by yourself. And so, you know, writing this and, and it's just realizing that it made it's made me feel a lot less alone, you know? And one, another thing that's been weird, you know, my wife and I were kind of on the New York city schedule of, we got married when we were 30 after post 30, we had kids after the age of 35. And then we moved out to North Carolina where everyone our age had kids much earlier. Um, just because people in New York are so career-driven, career-focused, as we were. Uh, we didn't have a place in our life for kids before the age of 30, you know. So in a way, that's kind of made us feel even more alone because we've had a, a difficult time finding people who are our age who have kids our age. Most of the people who have kids our age are 10 years younger than us. Um, but knowing that, you know, everything we go through is just not in any way unique. It's just, it's everybody goes through it. Um, you know, and, and just, just kind of, you know, my wife does a lot more of the, she reads a lot of, you know, uh, uh, research data, um, doctors, you know, scientists, psychologists, psychiatrists. So she's the one who's kind of always bringing to the table different methodologies of dealing with our frustrations or our anger with our kids or, you know, whatever. Um, so I learned a ton from her. 
<laughs> but really just just the idea that that my my, my experiences as a father are, are, are hardly unique they're just so common even though it may seem like at the time i'm the only person in the world that i'm struggling to keep my head above water just just and just knowing that makes so much of it so much easier yeah no i agree with you and, and you know i think you know i was like so many other parents that you know my wife and i had kids when we were you know in our early 20s and, uh, you know, even though I already had a career, my wife already had a career, um, it was, uh, you know, my kids are, you know, I'm, I'm going on 50 now and my kids are, you know, grown. So, um, See, and, and, and I'm going on 40 and I'm just getting started. <laughs> right. Right. So I got um, a long road ahead of me, but you know, yeah. well, you know, hearing, hearing stories from other, other men, uh, regardless of the age of the kids, um, you know, just the fact, even if they have older kids, it's kind of what I was talking about before with my show is that, you know, even though I've may have met somebody that has older kids, they, they know what it's like to go through those times when their kids were younger and just getting advice and, and suggestions from them on how to handle things. Um, because your kids are going to go through a lot of changes, a lot of challenges, um, especially, you know, your son's in school now, uh, there's going to be a various obstacles that come up in his way that you may not know how to handle, maybe personally, uh, things that you may have gone through as a child, but, um, just speaking with some of those dads that have older kids that, you know, Hey, Mike, my son went through the same thing, or my, my daughter went through the same thing. This is how, this is how we handled it. So even though the, the real friendship connection may not quite be there because you feel so much older than these other people, the fact is they may have gone through things that you may be going through there. So there may be a deeper connection there that you're really aware of. Um, and I would encourage you to, um, you know, try to reach out to some of those people and, and become friends. Um, so that way, you know, if there's ever things that you need from a parenting perspective, um, they might be the ones to go to. So just a thought. Yeah, it's also, and it's also been extra hard because we're trying to raise two kids during a pandemic that, you know, now, and then in that little beautiful little sweet spot between Delta and Omicron, we were able to get out. We were able to be, you know, I mean, you know, sure, masked and safe and whatever, but we were out with other parents at the playground, whatever. But so much, you know, I mean, we, for one example, we, we you know, we've gone way overboard with toys. And um, my wife and I have had this discussion a lot. It's like, are we spoiling him? It's like, yeah, we kind of are. But at the same time, he's four years old in two weeks, you know, He's lived more than half of his life in a pandemic where much of that time he's been locked at home with me and my wife and that's it. Right. And so, yeah, if a matchbox car every other day makes him happy, then, you know, so, and, and are we going to have to unravel that in very soon in the next year and help him realize that he doesn't get a toy every day now that the world is starting to hopefully open back up. Yeah. But whatever, if it helped him survive and thrive in the last two years, then <coughs> You know, I, I, I love that you said that because it's something that, uh, you know, back when this pandemic really started, um, uh, I've talked to several dads, um, I've coached dads. And one of the things that I've told them is they say, Brian, look, I know we're going through this pandemic, but I can't get my son to do anything. All he wants to do is play video games. Uh, you know, he, I, I try to get him to work on his homework and all that kind of stuff, but he just is so consumed in the video games. Um, it's hard to get him off of them. And I try to tell them, look, it's something that uh, they're going through a time right now that they've never experienced. And to be quite frank, we've never experienced, right? So they're going through a tough time. They're having to navigate and learn things on their own, stuck at home. 
instead of harping on them about being on the video games, why not jump on the video game with them and play with them? Because not only are you allowing them to just kind of enjoy themselves, but you're also building a bond and a connection between the two of you. Um, so I've, I've shared that with dads and they, and they thought, you know, I never thought about it like that. So like you said, with your son, he's been stuck at home for over half his life. Um, and he's really not, not quite sure how to navigate um, socially uh, just yet because he's just now starting to get out there. But if a matchbox car makes him happy or if he's, you know, wants to learn the guitar like dad, uh, get down on the mat on the floor and play matchbox with them or, or play the guitar with them, teach them guitar, you know, how to play guitar. Those kind of things are what make will make him happy, but at the same time will help build a connection and a bond between the two of you. So um, I, I don't have, so I think that, I think that, you know, a lot of, a lot of young parents um, or, you know, parents in general, people in general, because we, you know, we tend to <clears throat> not recognize our own nostalgia or whatever, but, they don't realize that, uh, you know, and a lot of people I've encountered too, um, on t you know, this whole pandemic notwithstanding, any kid who's been born after the year 2000, they've been born into a country that's been, you know, and I'm not, I'm not going to get political, don't worry, but they've been born into a country that's been at, at war the entire time. You know, they've been, uh, you know, the last, you know, again, wherever you fall in the political spectrum, the last six years politically have been just bonkers crazy um so like they, they their world they didn't grow up in the 70s 80s and 90s like you and i did i you know i was born in 1982 and until i went to college until september 11 2001 when i was a freshman in college everything was more or less and again recognizing that i'm coming from a, a middle class white male's perspective but everything was pretty much cool you know everybody we were prosperous and every you know there was no you know other than desert storm like there was no there were no there, were, there was no tumult and then after that it's just been so like you said like to give your kids like to, to recognize that like they're in this world that we weren't in when we were kids and their reaction the reaction to it is going to be different than what we may expect because we didn't grow up in a country that was at war for that our whole lives yeah no i agree and you know what uh i I do not want to be in your shoes with young kids during, you know, during a pandemic. The fact that, you know, my kids are older, obviously much easier to navigate with older kids. Um, but I think about the parents that, that are going through struggles right now uh, with younger kids that don't quite understand or, you know, like even even a five, six, seven, eight year old that are so used to being around friends at school and things like that. And now all of a sudden that's changed. However, I do think that there's a hidden message in all of this, um, you know, whatever you want to call it, pandemania, whatever you want to call it, uh, that we're going through that's kind of opened up a new way of communicating with people like Zoom um, and other features that, you know, people are starting to utilize more to help people connect. And I think it's a great opportunity for kids to kind of learn because technology is moving so fast. I think it's a great opportunity for kids to really learn how to navigate and socialize um, with people that they may not normally socialize with, like you being across the States for me you know, we've gotten a chance to know each other just through technology. Um, so I think that that's kind of, you know, that's kind of the hidden gem in all of this is it's allowed people to really connect, even though we're not outside connecting. I do think the the social interaction, the face-to-face -face interaction is, is much more important 
However, when you have to kind of figure out how to navigate through it, when you can't do that, technologies um, certainly come a long ways and will continue to uh, expand. So I think it's, uh, I actually think it's a beautiful thing. Yeah, no, my, 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 my six month old, my father lives in town now. He moved down from New York as well, but my six month old, she, you know, she FaceTimes with him. I mean, when, you know, we, you know, she, she, you know, she doesn't know what she's looking at, but she knows that's grandpa and, you know, how did he get in that little box, but whatever. I mean, she'll, you know, soon enough. And no, it is, I agree. I mean, it's, it's, and, and what I look forward to is the point where some of that paradigm shifts and where I begin to learn from my, you know, from my children, from my, I have a friend, a very close friend whose daughter has older kids. His daughter's a freshman in college. His son is a, their, their, I shouldn't just say his, his wife is also a dear friend. Um, their, their daughter is a freshman in college. Their son is a senior in high school. And I love learning from their kids. I love learning about new music. I love learning about, I'm not going to run around talking about, I'm not going to, you know, be, you know, embracing their, their vernacular and saying the things that 19 year olds say, that'd be ridiculous. But like, I, I enjoy, I mean, I, I love learning about new music. I love hearing new music that I don't understand because I think that if you make music that the generations before you like, then you're doing it wrong. But like, I, like, you know, I don't get what this music is supposed to be, but these kids love it. And I think that's so cool. So I can't wait for that time, but also I have to temper that with don't look too far ahead because you'll miss what's right in front of you. Right. Exactly. Um, let me ask you, I'll ask you one more question, then we'll get going. Um, yeah. What have you, you know, I know that your mom passed when, uh, if I remember correctly, uh, was it cancer? Yeah. Yeah. She had ovarian cancer. She lived okay. for a long time with it, but uh, eventually passed. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm sorry to hear that. Um, but Thank what, you. you know, growing up, what did you learn from your parents that uh, you hope to transition uh, into your own parenting style? That, that children are, it sounds dumb, but it's very true that children are not children. They're small people. Mm -hmm. And you have to consider and, and regard that truth in everything they do just because they don't have um, the, the knowledge, the wisdom um, to be autonomous. They don't have the tools, you know, that, you know, we never spoke to our children like babies. And, and I'm not saying that I don't advocate for that. I, talk to your kids however you want to, we, but you know, from a very young age, I've always spoken to my son and, you know, I explained that he asked us recently, like what happened to grandma Susie and grandma Carol. And we, you know, we explained to him death. And he said, you know, when you die, people don't love you anymore. You know, no, that's not true. This is, but you know, he's a person. And, and my parents gave me a lot of credit and my sister, a lot of credit and with how much we could understand and how much we could kind of digest and ingest. And they had a lot of, you know, we never had the talk because my mother explained sex to us at a very young age um, in a very, in very frank terms and very real terms. And, and, and I was able to understand it. And so that's one big thing. The other big thing is that we, and, and again, we don't think of ourselves as just grown children. We think of ourselves as adults and their children. We have the same emotions and the same feelings that our children are having. We just have the tools to deal with them. They don't. Right. And that's one thing I learned from, you know, big thing I learned from my parents was, you know, to never belittle a child's feelings because you're having the exact same feelings, but you know, you've developed mechanisms consciously and subconsciously to not have a tantrum, which you end up face down on the floor. They don't have those tools yet, but they're feeling the same things that you're feeling. So it's, 
it's it, just the idea of, you know, respecting them as human beings, not respecting them because they're, you know, or, or just treating them like they're your children. Right. Um, now, now, of course, you know, there is a balance of power. I'm the parent, you know, um, you know, as you said, you're, you're, you're your kid's best friends. And my, my father is one of my closest friends. And before she passed, my mother was one, one of my closest friends. But one thing my father used to say until, and I love, it's one of my favorite parenting quotes of all time. You know, when I was a kid, I'd be like, you know, how come you're not cool? Like so-and-so's dad, he lets us, his dad lets us drink in the basement. And my dad would say, I'll be your friend when you're 30. Until then, I'm your father. <laughs> and my father and I always had a very close, very friend-friend relationship. But until I was in my mid-20s, I would say, it was until I was out of college, let's say, it was very clear that like, you know, I, I'm in charge here. Like, you're my son. I'm responsible for you. We can be friends when you're an adult, but right now. So, but just, yeah, that idea that, you know, we, we need to give our kids and little people in general more credit for being, you know, um, human beings and, and, and having opinions and thoughts and, and not, not belittling them because they're three years old. Not, not belittle, that's not the right word, but to not discount them because they're three and four and five years old. Right. No, you're absolutely right. I mean, the, the fact that they, you know, I, I've heard some dads call them little, little, little adults. Um, yep. They just don't, they just don't have the tools um, to really learn how to, how to navigate um, and make choices uh, for themselves. So uh, I think that's great. Um, awesome. Uh, very cool. I, I want to do this. I want to give you a chance to uh, let my listeners know where they can find you, where they can learn about the, the newsletter. Um, and then, uh, the, you know, obviously the best rate, best way to, uh, to reach out to you on social media. Yeah, so um, all my social media handles, Instagram, uh, um, Twitter, um, I don't do Facebook publicly really, uh, are uh, at Christ Glider. Christ like Jesus, glider like a hang glider. It's not a religious thing. I'm very much deeply uh, uh, not a religious person. Uh, it's a long standing inside joke with some old friends. Um, at Christ Glider. So that's Twitter, Instagram, and um, you could find it uh, uh, on um, uh, the newsletters on Substack. Um, it's being a dad is hard as F asterisk CK because that that's a very true statement. Um, so if you just Google, um, uh, you know, being a dad is hard as F apost uh, F asterisk CK, um, uh, you, you'll find it with my name. Uh, and that's the Substack. You subscribe. You could read them all if you like. Um, uh, subscribe. There's no paid option yet. It's all free right now. Someday I'd like to maybe. Uh, embrace a paid thing where I interview famous dads or something. But for right now, it's just it comes every Wednesday. Um, it's very short, you know, five, six, 700 words. Not, you're not reading tomes. I know people's attention spans are clogged. So, but yeah, follow me at, at Christ Glider and, and subscribe to the newsletter on Substack. Awesome. And we'll make sure we put all those, uh, all that tags in the, uh, in the uh, posts and all that. Um, so very cool. Well, listen, Michael, it's been a pleasure uh, getting to know you. Thank you very much for being on the show. Appreciate it. Um, I look forward to continuing uh, our friendship moving forward. Yeah, man. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate all you're doing for dads everywhere and, uh, and best of luck to you. Really, really. Thanks for having me. Awesome. Uh, thank you guys very much for joining me and Michael on another episode of dad up. Uh, make sure you guys, if you haven't yet, make sure you're subscribing to my show, subscribing to my YouTube channel, and uh, I'll make sure to put all the links up there for Michael, but uh, make sure you guys are continuing to watch and support dad up podcast. It's out there to really help dads and help moms too become better parents because our kids deserve it. So I look forward to, uh, to seeing you all again on the next episode of dad up. 
Thanks for listening to another episode of Data. Make sure you guys subscribe to my podcast and my YouTube channel. And do me a favor, leave me a rating and a review. We'd love to hear from you to see what you think of the show. Stay tuned for more exciting episodes coming up each and every week. Thank you for listening. This is Data. Data.